0: Hello darling girls and welcome to the Lean Girl Fitcast, your place for motivation and mindset mastery on your fitness and your fat loss journey. Today's topic is a fun one because we're talking about fun. We're talking about whether it is actually possible, whether it's feasible, is it achievable to have fun on your fat loss journey? Or do we have to just make peace with the fact that it's hard, it's tough, we have to restrict ourselves, we have to get through grueling workouts, we have to basically just use willpower and discipline, grit our teeth to get results? What do you think?
1: I mean, that sounds fantastic to me. I just (laughs) wake up in the day thinking, how can I grit my teeth more? (laughs) So.
0: So... We are excited to dive into this topic. The question we are answering in this one is, can fat loss actually be fun? And if so, how do we go about creating a fun context so that we can stay more consistent, get better results, and live our best lives in the process? Um, And spoiler alert, it's totally freaking possible, which is exciting. And so today, if you feel like you have been struggling, if you feel like, Every time you think of fat loss, you think avoidance, you get a bit of anxiety, you already feel restricted, then this episode is for you. I'm joined by my lovely husband, Gilan Gork.
1: Why did you hesitate there?
0: I I wasn't sure. Just
1: before lovely, you like hesitated.
0: I was going to say darling, I was going to say handsome, I was going to say smart, I was going to say sexy. Just just no.
1: I'm a mentalist and I pick everything up.
0: I couldn't think of which... A descriptive word to start with today. Well, no,
1: I'll, I'll choose to believe you. Okay, choose to believe. Do you like
0: lovely? We'll go. No, I love lovely. Okay. I love lovely. I'm joined by my lovely husband, who is stealing the airtime. Um, <laughs> mentalist and international speaker Gilan Gork, and Gilan specializes in the psychology and mindset around how to be a high performer, but still have deep happiness in the process which we often feel like they are not ex- what they are mutually exclusive yeah of one another so Gilan is working hard with high performance teams all over the world and so we are very grateful to have him here bringing all of his insights and expertise and applying that to the world of fat loss and building our leanest bodies ever hey babe
1: what's up <laughs> <laughs>
0: So the question we are unpacking today is, can fat loss truly be fun?
1: Yes, I believe that it can be fun. And uh, I think that this conversation, which I'm really looking forward to, will help us to fine tune exactly what to look at and how to extract the funness of it.
0: So here are a couple of things I think it would be incomplete not to mention. From a practical perspective, before we get into the mindset, which is of course a huge piece, but if we are not checking these boxes, it will make the mindset piece really difficult to implement. First and foremost, if you are restricting your calories way too much, restricting your food, there is no way you will be able to have fun when you are- Hungry. Literally starving. So if you are eating 1,000, 1,200 calories, if you're eating such a minimal amount of food, that survival mechanism to just constantly be thinking about food, feeling restricted, that's not going to go, like that is going to be driving you and that is going to be top of mind all the time. So number one. Number two, if we are just using a very restrictive list of foods, thinking that just clean eating, eating a very specific list of oats and brown rice and chicken and broccoli and not leaving room for any fun or any foods you actually look forward to eating. And that's why I'm so passionate about creating all of my recipes, combining super nutritious ingredients with and making them into something really delicious that you can look forward to. So really restricting our foods and then also just having some flexibility. So the approach that I use for fat loss is flexible dieting. This is understanding calories and macros and then being able to enjoy many different foods, including fun foods like chocolate and chips and champagne into your calorie budget that will still allow you to lose fat. So I think those three things are still vitally important to remember. And when it comes to that flexibility, something we often miss is that your calorie level of fat loss to maintenance, there's a little bit of a gap, which means if you are gonna have a birthday, if you are having a fun weekend celebration, you have got room to play between that calorie deficit and maintenance. So often we think, okay, if I'm over my calorie budget, I'm gaining fat. Remember. Even if you're just maintaining for the weekend, fantastic, that's a fantastic result. Let's recap. Firstly, don't make your calorie budget too low. I've got a calorie calculator. I will link it down below in the episode. Go ahead and use that for your estimate. Number two is have some more flexibility within your meal plan. Make sure you're including foods that you actually enjoy and look forward to eating. And number three, know that you have room between that deficit and maintenance. So let's say you are checking all three of these boxes, but you still somehow feeling, oh, you know, I'm not looking forward to this. This isn't fun. I don't want to get back onto my plan. How is the mindset piece coming into into that? And how can we create a new context of fun and enjoyment while getting our fat loss results?
1: Yeah. So give us a little bit of context, like what actually steals the fun? put me in your shoes. You're on this journey. You're checking those three boxes and yet it's still so difficult.
0: I think a couple of things. I think feeling, just having that feeling like I'm being restricted here or I'm needing to restrict something, whether that's restricting my food. Um, another big one I think is fo- being focused on the result. So as we know, and I think we'll talk about in the mindset piece, fluctuations are always going to be there. And sometimes when the result is not what we what um, is not reflecting the work that we're putting in we can feel like the hard work has been for nothing so we're focused on the result and therefore feeling down like you know we're feeling down that we aren't getting the progress that we want when it could be a fluctuation and i think also just being impatient feeling like i wish that i was there already i wish that i could have the result that i wanted so i think that those are a lot of a lot of the common ones mm.
1: and i'll add in from my experience as well um, boredom, sometimes actually just getting a bit bored with the routine or eating the same kind of foods. Although if you're checking that box of yours, which is um, making stuff delicious, obviously that would that might help with it. Um, so there's three things, just based on what you've mentioned here that uh, I would like to bring up. The first one is reinforcing what we've spoken about in previous episodes. And this really is the core philosophy. And if you actually just get this one thing right, it solves most of our problems. And that is, not being overly invested in outcomes because we think that a specific external outcome is gonna make us happy. The moment we think that my happiness will arrive when I reach this outcome, um, a number on the scale, I mean, we can go right back to our very first podcast episode, which is all about not letting the number on the scale uh, ruin your day and how to do that. And, And essentially, the moment we think I will only be happy when we're setting ourselves up for disappointment because we then over-focus on results. And every single time we don't get the result, even if in the, in the bigger picture we're having progress, we land up feeling really, really terrible. Yeah. Um, and the times that we do get that result, it gives us a moment of relief, which we might call happiness, and then all of a sudden we think that we need something else or something else is not right. or We've got to get even, even more uh, uh, down the line and then suddenly we're not happy anymore. And so we then, if we overfocus on results, our happiness just comes in little spikes instead of this unconditional, constant, stable sense of happiness that makes the entire journey far more fun.
0: Right, which is where the impatience comes from because we're only working toward a future point where we'll be happy and we feel like until we get there, that's why we want to get there as quickly as possible. I want to cut my calories super low or I, I know that I can't be happy today even if I'm enjoying my food because it's the result that's going to actually make me happy.
1: Exactly. So when we recognize that actually we are inherently happy and peaceful inside. And it is the seeking something else to make us happy, like the number on the scale or whatever it may be, any kind of goal or external thing. The, it is the seeking that causes us to be unhappy. It obscures our innate happiness. So in other words, don't overfocus on the outcome, which is the seeking, but just enjoy the actual process. And I'm gonna come back to that in, in a moment, a, a unique way that we can enjoy it and bring the fun into it. Cool. But just tying on, this would be point number two, but it ties on to the first point, is just a recognition that nothing, no success journey in life is a perfectly straight line. If you think of a graph, you know? And as time goes on, you wanna be having that, that progress. But the progress, if you zoom in on it, will always be like a jagged kind of line going up. In other words, it is totally normal and should be expected in life, in any kind of success journey, to have something that might look like two steps forward and one step back. Sometimes you might have three steps forward and two steps back. Sometimes you might, like you mentioned, if you're even just maintaining on the weekend, maybe you got uh, uh, two steps forward and two steps back, right? But if that's just on the weekend or if it's just one week, fine. You know, you're, you're then gonna progress the next week. Right. Over time, you're gonna find that there is a, a, a progress line that's that's going up.
0: So I think, we often mistake slow progress for no progress. And often we don't reflect back and say, okay, like what, how much weight have I lost or how many centimeters have I lost? And it's always, you're always looking at this week, you know, and thinking, oh, well, now I'm frustrated because I've made no progress. Meanwhile, it all adds up every little week, even if it's two flippin' grams. You know, it all counts and all adds up at the end of the day. So don't just focus exactly on the short term. We need to look more long term.
1: Yeah. What, what would you rather have? Would you rather have um, a slower progress that is more sustainable? You actually feel more energized. You feel like it's fun, like it's good. Life is good. You're happy. Um, and you know that it's sustainable. So you're not like yo-yoing. Um, and the way that you think of yourself is you not, you know, you, is it, not that you're yo-yoing, versus um, being so uh, miserable every time there's a little drop in something yes. that you can't understand, and you're constantly fluctuating. You're happy, you're sad, you're happy, you're frustrated, you, all of that kind of stuff.
0: Yes. So a big mistake that people make is they think I'm just going to do this extreme diet until I get the result, and then I can go back to something more balanced or sustainable really what we, what we don't realize is that what we do to lose the fat, we will need to be do, still doing 90% of the time with 10% more flexibility. So the habits and everything that we build in that fat loss phase is something that we want to sustain.
1: Exactly. You want to build that lifestyle. Correct. Precisely. And if you do it in a way that's fun, then you don't mind that it's a lifestyle. You don't mind. Sometimes people say, oh, we've got to do it as a lifestyle. We think it's a lifestyle of pain.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no so thanks
1: it's a world of pain Mind that i'm committing up. to i don't want that lot. okay so look let's get to to the last part which i think just really makes it so so practical which is um what is a game that we can play to make it fun
0: i love a game give me a game and i'm there i'm i'm the games mad girl
1: exactly <laughs> <laughs> so let's turn it into a game but this isn't just game for the for the sake of it this is really sound in terms of mindset work and Um, some of the things I'm going to share with you now comes from a guy by the name of Timothy Galway. And he wrote a famous book called The Inner Game of Tennis. He was a tennis coach. And what he found was that the biggest saboteur of people's ability to improve their tennis shots was the voice in their head. Mm. And so as a coach, there was a typical coaching that would happen. Uh, A coach would say, Um, Okay, you need to do this, you've got to follow in more, follow through more, you've got to hold your racket this way, you've got to hit the ball at this direction. And the moment the coach would give an instruction, what he calls command and control, you do it this way, the voice in people's heads, the critical voice, started to become even more critical and even louder. And this voice in our head, we've had with us our entire lives. It's the voice in our head that has told us, you need to do things this way if you want to be accepted. You've got to look that way if you want to be loved. Mm. You've, got to, um, you've got to do this and that. It's like an army, you know, army uh, officer, left, right, left, right. You have to follow it. And it gets really loud and critical. All of our self-judgment, all of our self-doubt, all of that stuff, if we become command and control to ourselves, well, that voice in our head uh, starts to command and control. And... When that happened, people landed up uh, struggling to more intuitively learn how to improve their shots, and they would criticize themselves mm-hmm. more. And there was just a took all the fun. Yes, and out it, of it feels
0: I can feel that like pressure, and and it's the pressure that makes us yeah, it's not enjoyable, and actually we perform worse.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And then on the odd time, that, okay, now you see that you get a shot right and then you feel like, oh, okay, it's been worth it. But you've had all of this suffering and internal disturbance, this internal interference that has not only spoiled your journey, but actually what he has found, it actually uh, slows down your, your progress. So he uses this term of interference, which specifically is what the voice in your head is, is saying. And so he has this really cool uh, formula, which is capital P for performance, equals small p minus i and that small p minus i is potential minus interference so our performance equals our potential minus interference if you want to be at your full potential we've got to take away interference now we can never ever stop the voice in our heads but we can distract it and this is one this is one way that the game that 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 uh, uh, we can devise here around fat loss can really work. So, so what he,
0: how, Yeah, so how do we apply that to fat loss?
1: Yes, we will. so here's how he applied it to tennis. He, a, a student would come and say, "Okay, I want to work on my forehand." Um and he would say, "Okay, what does a good forehand look like?" Now it's really important for you to know what the ultimate outcome is that you want, okay? So in terms of fat loss it would be I want to um have, be eating within these calories and enjoy it, mm-hmm. right? Because I, because you know that if you do it that for over a long period of time, you're going to lose fat, right? That's the science. For them, for it was a forehand. It means that the ball has to land in the court, so it's not out. Uh, they want to be able to get it over the net um, and it, and and as close as possible to the baseline because that's harder for the opponent to return. So he would say, okay, cool. Uh, just pin that for a moment. Remember what it is that you want, but let's focus on something that would be really interesting to notice. Um, that hasn't got to do with that. And so what, what he would get them to do is to notice the flight of the ball. So he would get them to notice, is the ball coming to your racket at a low um, or medium flight? And when it hits off your racket, is it, what, what is the direction that it's going in? Is it going high? Is it going low? And that's all that he had them focus on. Without any judgment. So he says, don't judge yourself. Just notice it. And just let me know what you think. So he would notice that when they got so engrossed in saying, okay, that was, that was high, that was medium, that eventually they actually forgot all about the pressure, uh, the, the, the pressure to criticize. And they spontaneously, by distracting that, that critical, commanding voice in their head, the other part of them which is your more intuitive side. This is where most of your power actually lies. It's your power of awareness, your power of learning, of that subconscious learning. Mm. That would kick in. And people, uh, his students, would be able to spontaneously assess what was happening without any effort and spontaneously adjust their how they were le- coming into the ball, whereas before maybe the voice in the head was saying, be careful, the ball's coming in fast. Now they were actually interacting with the ball without any fear they were In the stepping zone. into it and their shots were were actually uh, uh more effective forehands than the command and control
0: i i think that that's really interesting and already trying to apply that to fat loss, just trying to think of how can we more get stuck into the nitty gritty of each meal to say, oh, how do I make this most fun? How do I make this meal high in volume? How do I make it still hit my calorie budget? That's something that I'm kind of obsessed about, making my recipes. I'm like, how do I make this so delicious, still low calorie, high volume, so I'm feeling super satisfied. And so if we kind of take maybe that angle as something that I think can be really fun, And it's still aligned to our goal, right? Because we know that having high volume, low calorie, highly satiating food, is going to help us stay in that calorie deficit, which is gonna help us to lose fat. But we're not so focused on the number on the scale or what we look in the mirror, but we actually are are involved in the process and enjoying the process. Exactly,
1: that's the key, right? Is that when when the tennis students were focused on how the ball was rebounding off their racket, they were engrossed in 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 kind of this fun, interesting way, on on the process, or at least one specific element of the process, and naturally, then their uh, their awareness and full potential got them got them closer to hitting a, a much better shot. Yes. So what you're alluding to here, which is spot on, is how do we make the process fun? How do we make something measurable in the process that's interesting, that ultimately is going to help us to course correct intuitively in a fun way and land up still getting the the best results. Yes. So what is something in terms of the fat loss journey which is interesting for people to be able to uh, focus on and which can almost be a fun game to monitor just like the tennis players were monitoring where the ball was hitting off their racket?
0: I think a fun one which is aligned with a fat loss goal would be satiety. And satiety to me is not just about fullness. Satiety is about a combination of something that makes you feel full and satisfied. um, So full and satisfied. And satisfaction means it actually tastes good. If you were to just go for fullness, you could eat a giant plate of salad or giant plate of lettuce, and maybe your stomach feels full, but mentally and emotionally, I'm still damn hungry. (laughs) (laughs) So I think satiety is a great one to measure, to say, okay, you know, this meal that I'm sitting down to eat, I've made sure that it's in my calorie budget. I've made sure that it's high volume and I've made sure that it's tasty. And then to take note as to how satisfied that meal is actually making you feel.
1: Okay, so then this would be the exercise. Here's how we would make it into a game. You would take your phone's notes and you would then record. First, you need to know what your calorie budget is for the day and and what your goal is for your different meals, right? Um, Then you want to be able to tell at the end of every meal um, how filling was it and how tasty was it. Just those two things. And give it a score, say, between 1 to 10, and put any notes that you think might um, help you to pick up any patterns down the line. Maybe there was a key ingredient or a specific type of meal uh, or whatever the whatever the case may be.
0: Yes, and that's that's a really good one because there's certainly foods that make me feel more full and satisfied. Even if the calorie number is, at, is the same for that meal, I can certainly feel like, wow, potatoes are really satisfying for me. And perhaps if I have, or maybe when I have a sandwich, that's more filling for me than a giant salad. So I think making those notes will also then guide you and say okay these are meals that i want to be having again and these are
1: exactly. meals that are so like the like so oh i found potatoes really filling um maybe you actually hate the taste of potatoes though in which case you could say now you know like next time you will then immediately start you, you'll, you'll play with other things right so you'll say oh well this is really tasty and so you're just allowing your um your kind of unconscious side, your your awareness to become aware. You're spontaneously learning and adjusting. And that's what was happening with the tennis players. So as you go, you will you will find automatically that you're gonna start eating more meals that you're finding both filling and tasty. So your overall satiety will go up. And that's a fun game, that's a fun process to embark that's on. And I if, find if you do that long enough. You're going to be within your calorie budget. You're going to have been consistent and you're going to find that you're going to have results. And you're going to do that over the long term because now you're no longer focusing on weighing yourself every day and every little fluctuation you're worried about. No, just stick with the game of the satiety and you will get results over the long term because remember that progress is still two steps forward, one step back is still progress. Mm. So don't focus on the zooming in and getting impacted by every dip just focus on that that game and mm. making sure that you're monitoring the satiety level of every meal trying to keep it within your calorie budget
0: i love that i love that uh, idea of playing the satiety game and if they need some inspo. They can also take a look at the Lingle Kitchen Coach because every single meal that I've designed there is aligned with the game or even my Instagram. I've got hundreds of free recipes that you can check out to get some inspiration from as well. And I think-
1: What about your your calorie swaps um, PDF?
0: Yes, I have a fantastic grocery swaps guide that has- over a hundred different random items that you would be picking up at the grocery store that you can then get a lower calorie swap for. And I will include it in the link in this episode as well, as it is a game changer. It makes things so much easier and literally requires no willpower or discipline because you're eating, let's say normal beef mints and now we're getting you to eat extra lean and you can save hundreds of calories without even trying. So
1: practically speaking, just to like Put this game into action. Let's say that you know that you want to have a lunch that's 500 calories. And let's say at first you go, okay, I'm going to take something that I enjoy eating a lot. So you know that the tastiness will be up, but you know that you can only eat a certain amount uh, to be within your calorie budget. So at the end, when you're busy uh, taking down your notes, you might say, wow, it was very tasty, but I don't feel that full. So the overall satiety, because you had to limit the 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 serving size Correct. so much, your satiety score will then be much lower. Then you could take something like your calorie swaps or your grocery swaps list and say, okay, because that's got um, all the most popular stuff that people are, you can going to say, oh, okay, I can replace the mince with this, you know, extra lean, the sauce I can, and then now, next time, you're going to have a much bigger portion of something that tastes just as delicious. And so this is the game, right? And, um, and and so that's, that's really how it can be how it can be fun. By focusing on an aspect of it that that can be gamified and fun. Mm. Overall, you'll be able to tap into your intuition to guide you in the right direction.
0: I love that. I think that is so helpful and it sounds like a hell of a lot of fun to me as well. So I, I just want to wrap up this episode. I think if we could just highlight those top three, the top three mental steps that we're going to be taking um, and then yeah, we'll wrap up the episode.
1: So here are three steps to better enjoy any success journey. Number one is remember not to over-invest in the outcome, in the results. Otherwise, you're going to feel every single dip and it's going to land up making you feel like a failure. Number two is, remember that every success journey is not a strictly straight line. Two steps forward and one step back is still progress. Number three is, take a part of the journey that you find particularly interesting, and just measure that. Just find something interesting to be able to monitor that you find fun, and it will help you to course correct and stay on the journey for longer and be more consistent.
0: Mm. Love it, love it, love it, love it. I hope that this episode has inspired you to not only make sure you're checking those practical boxes, but also to look at your mindset around fat loss and see how you can sprinkle more fun into the journey. It is so possible. And I really hope you are going to use this satiety game. Grab the notes in your phone, make those notes with each and every meal. And we're going to be having fun, playing a game. And I know it's going to increase your consistency and your results too. I really hope that you enjoyed the episode. As always, please, it helps us so much if you share this with anyone that you know would benefit from listening to it. So please share away. We are so passionate about these topics and we know that mindset around fat loss is a huge missing piece. So the more we can get it out there, we know that we are going to help people to get better results, stay more consistent and find more joy on the journey. So thank you so much for joining in for this episode. Please leave us a comment if you enjoyed it. Thank you, babe, for your beautiful insights that you've brought to the table here. And we will see you in our next episode where we are going to be talking about coming back from overeating, that moment where you've eaten too much, you're feeling terrible, you're in that self-shame shitstorm. What is it that we do? How can we move forward and reset faster? So look out for the next episode. Thanks for tuning in and we will catch you next time on the Lingle Fitcast.